Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is episode eight with Amy Rushworth. Hi, this is the first episode of Female Startup Club that I've recorded from the comfort of my bedroom floor. And I'm pretty sure this is what you'd call adapting to quarantine life. (laughs) Today's episode, I'm chatting to Amy Rushworth. She's a confidence coach, a speaker, and the host of her namesake podcast, The Amy Rushworth Show. And it's an episode full of the feel-good stuff we need now more than ever in our life. Especially in moments of stress and anxiety during this time, she's someone to tune into and soak up her happy vibrations. Amy's a gorgeous friend of mine who's been building her empire over the last few years here in London. She radiates warmth and love, and when you're with her, you feel truly seen and heard. From being a party girl working in fashion, making little money and hitting rock bottom in life, to becoming one of the UK's leading confidence coaches and building the business of her dreams, guiding women to transform their lives, earning more money than ever, and being truly fulfilled in life, has filled my cup to the brim to watch on from the sidelines. I was super excited to talk to her and ask her all of the questions. We're covering a lot of valuable topics today, like the importance of continuous learning and self-development to achieve your goals, how to expand your business to introduce multiple revenue streams, and what's up with manifesting. We've heard it everywhere, so what is it and how can you start doing it consciously today? This is Amy for Female Startup Club. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, I want to go back to the backstory and talk about how you ended up figuring out that you wanted to be a coach and what that journey's been like so far for you to get there. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride from the beginning. Even now it still is. Uh, I went through a lot of stuff in my personal life that led me to my calling that led me to what I do now. It was almost accidental. I know that a lot of other business owners will share a similar story. So for me, my journey actually came from being made redundant. I just moved over to London for a separate job in a separate industry. And intuitively, I already knew that that industry wasn't fully aligned with the person that I was becoming. I was changing a lot. I'd been transforming and doing a load of personal development. I'd been through a really big transition with my mental health and overcoming PTSD and anxiety. And I'd been doing this amazing sort of healing on myself, but I was working in the fashion industry still. And that was kind of like the piece of the puzzle that was still not really fitting with this new version of myself I was becoming. So I moved over to London. I thought I had this great fashion job at this ritzy designer. You know, it was really like stroking my ego a lot, uh, but it wasn't obviously right. And then I, um, it fell through. I took another job that wasn't fully right, got made redundant. And from there, I really had to sit down and think about, first of all, what am I going to do to pay my rent and figure out how to get a job? Because it's quite hard to find work in London. And I started can, thinking can about, agree. <laughs> yeah, I started thinking about, well, you know what, if I'm going to stumble and fail per se, although I don't really believe that anything in life is a failure, but if I'm going to come up against resistance and challenges, I'd rather do that 
in relationship to something that I'm truly passionate about. I'd rather fail and make mistakes and get back up when I'm doing something that I really love. And I wanted to figure out what that was. So I started literally with my journal, figuring out what does a dream day look like for me? What are my values? What is my legacy for this lifetime going to be? How am I going to be remembered? And I noticed when I was doing this that everything I was writing was really inconsistent with how I was living. And so Mm. at that point, I'd done enough work on myself to know that alignment and manifesting the things that you want, yes, it's mindset, but it's also taking action to move yourself closer to that possibility. So I thought about what are the actions that I could take to explore these values, to manifest them as a career, as a business. And I kind of just had what I call like a psychic download where I just suddenly realized I was like, oh, I should be a coach. Why have I never thought about this? This encompasses all of my values, all of the things that inspire me. I, you know, really big thing for me was that I wanted to help people to heal and to transform the way that I'd been doing in my life. And um, yeah, I went from there and I just started exploring. I booked different courses, certifications, took action, experimented, and um, it sort of all came from, came from that. And so the actions that you talk about, were they the courses or was there other things that you needed to do to like fulfill those? I've done so many different things. There's been things that I've done that have then grown and evolved into things that I still currently do. There's been things that I'm like, oh, that was fun, but like not for me. But I don't see anything as being a redundant decision or, Mm. you know, the wrong decision. Because if anything, you just cross it off the list, which gets you closer to your calling or to your niche or to what you want to do. So when I first sat down with this journal, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to guide people in some way. I just wasn't sure the exact context of that. So a lot of my clients now become coaches and they go through this same kind of confusing process. So what I did was I found two courses that really resonated with me that were sort of different. So one was a health coaching certification and one was a Pilates certification to teach reformer Pilates. And I was really interested in the body and the energy of the body and all of that. So that's kind of why Pilates was appealing to me. When I did them alongside each other, I very quickly realized through tuning into what I felt and what was enjoyable that I was more drawn towards the talking and the therapy and the psychology and working with people's mindset more so than getting on a reformer Pilates machine and guiding people through a class. It was fun. I was curious about it, but it was only through taking the action that I was able to clarify that. And that's kind of a continued Mm, theme now where I'm always willing to try new things and I sort of take the things or the pieces of what I learn and uh, integrate that. And then I leave other things that I don't resonate with, you know, and I just allow myself to continue learning and exploring even now. Yeah, totally. And what happened like after, like what was the next steps for you to be like, okay, how do I actually be a coach? Like, how do you, how does your language change to tell people? How do you get a client? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny now to think about it in hindsight. I remember that a lot of imposter syndrome came up for me when I first began because I had so radically changed my life. I changed who I was and 
there was still this part of me that felt like I didn't have a voice, that I didn't have anything new to say, or who was I to help people when I was still, you know, evolving myself, I was still working with my own coaches. And there was a part of my ego that was feeling embarrassed, I suppose, because in the past, I'd been so different. I'd been wild, I'd partied a lot, I was a completely different human being. And so there was that part of my ego that was worried about judgment and scared about what people would say or whether people would want to come and work with me and all of that sort of stuff that I think goes through most people's mind when they they go out on their own to do something new or radical. So that was present for me, but I knew enough about manifesting and uh, you know, personal development at that point to know about certain techniques. So I knew the power of my language. I knew that I had to speak my goals into existence, not in a fake way, not in like a way where you're claiming something that simply isn't true, but using your language mindfully to create the possibility and put it into action. So when I was going to events and networking, I was telling people, even though I was still studying because we were working with practice clients during the certification, you know, I'm coaching people in A, B and C. I'm working towards a business that does A, B and C. I'm in the process of that, which is more verbal language rather than saying, oh, I hope to become or I wish that I could be, which are sort of really slight nuances in language, but there's a really big difference between, you know, what sounds empowering and what doesn't there. So I almost like spoke my desired reality, the reality I was creating into existence through into existence through conversation, through the language I was using. And I was saying those things to myself as well, because for me, that voice was very prevalent within that was saying, you know, who are you to do that? Mm. Who are you that um so I used my language and I declared my goals as well out loud to other people because that is also a really powerful way to manifest goals is to tell people about it because you're more likely to do it when uh, more people know about it (laughs) yeah Um, so I was doing that I was networking a lot and I really put myself out there from the get-go I spent a lot of time not focusing in the early days on how do I get clients I was playing the long game of like how do I build a brand that people know like and trust so I wasn't necessarily interested in how can I get a client really quickly and get this amount of money really quickly I was more interested in what brands can I collaborate to align with, to tap into their audience, to uh, build my own audience? How can I nurture my audience from the get-go and give them loads of value and contribute to them? So I put myself out there a lot with speaking and talks and I created a lot of free content and I was building a foundation essentially, which then allowed me when I hit that kind of boiling point to really accelerate my growth and my sales and all of that because I'd built a solid foundation beneath it. Mm. And for you, um, like I obviously know a lot about what you're doing, but for other people who don't know, obviously as a coach, you have your one-to-one clients, but can you share a little bit more about all the revenues, um, all your income revenue that you get from the different projects that you run under your business? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people are quite surprised to know that I have so many different revenue streams and a team of people around the world uh, because they kind of just see me on Instagram and I'm usually like a bit silly and I'm quite fun and then 
there's actually this whole sort of thing going on behind that. So there's one-to-one coaching, which is a limited edition sort of offering because obviously I can only work with a certain amount of one-to-one clients at one time. It's very bespoke. It's very intensive. We spend a lot of time talking. So there's like a limited amount of time. It's hard to scale that side of the business. And I think that's what a lot of people would be like, well, you know, I can only fit in X amount of clients per day and that's not enough money for me to live um, without realizing all the other opportunities there are. Yeah, for sure. So like in in a short-sighted sense, one-to-ones is where I started and that would be considered the cash cow of the business because it's between two and three thousand pounds per client which in Australian dollars is obviously almost double and you're working with people for sort of two to six months and you're turning over those clients you could make you know a decent amount compared to well compared to what I was making in fashion for sure but (laughs) it gets to it got to the point where also that's not a sustainable way to conduct business because if I'm sick for example or say I wanted to have a baby that revenue stream will completely stop as soon as I'm not available so I started I was thinking about this early on about like what is the next expansion from here so from uh from the one-to-ones and speaking which were the sort of two original revenue streams so getting paid to speak as well uh then I developed online program so I've got an online program that is a scalable online program it's self-led but we also do live rounds uh, twice a year, which allows us to get like a bigger influx of people that come through during those times. But the program can sit there and sell itself through marketing, through me promoting it, through word of mouth uh, at any time. So that kind of sits there now. And then uh, there's also the podcast. So my podcast generates revenue for me because my sponsor pays me, but my sponsor is also a marketing partner. So they send the podcast out to uh, 350,000 people a week. So then those people come across to the podcast, which I also talk about my products and services on there. So, you know, more people come through there. Um, And then we've got also got retreats. So I do a couple of retreats a year and uh, there's other online um, offerings, webinars, online events, in-person events, obviously not at the moment with coronavirus, but, you know, there's multiple streams of revenue and there's more that are being developed at the moment that I haven't announced. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. I feel like I um, jumped the gun a bit and talked, like went straight into the sort of where you are now, but I want to also go back and talk more about when you were in that learning phase and more about the courses and things that you did before, Um, specifically Mm -hmm. the online education that you did with Marie Folio's B-School. And I think you also did Tony Robbins and those kind of like really big name top kind of courses, what your experience was, do you recommend them to other people getting started, that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. So I've done so many things and I continue to. I'm really someone who is willing to try something new all the time. I'm a very curious human being. I always have been. And I've done a lot of work around money mindset as well. So I don't have a problem investing in myself. Like if I had, uh, you know, a couple of thousand dollars in my account and there was someone that I really wanted to work with and I was really drawn to them, I would make it happen, you know. Um, so 
because I've done so much work around like abundance mindset, just through personal development modalities, that's really helped me to, you know, look at these things with an open mindset and think about, you know, how are these things going to help me to expand and how are these things going to help me to create abundance by investing in them. So with that being said, one of the first things that I did invest in was B-School. That was amazing for me at the time because I was in the complete infancy of the business. I didn't know about marketing or how to create a client avatar. I didn't have any awareness of that stuff. So I did that. And I also had a one-to-one business coach, uh, which was really, really helpful because you can get advice on your specific business. Whereas with B-School, it's more like overarching and you're applying it and integrating it to your business. Um, it was very helpful to have a one-to-one coach. I chose someone who was in my industry, who I admired, who had walked a path similar to the path that I would like to walk, um, who I saw leadership in, who I thought of as like an amazing mentor. So I invested in that. And then I've done so much personal development, which truth be told, Sometimes you can think of that stuff as like optional when you're in business, but ultimately having emotional mastery over yourself and knowing yourself really intimately is so powerful, if not more powerful than knowing strategies, because so many, if not all of our decisions are made from emotions. And if you've got a ton of limiting beliefs around money, around your confidence, around your voice, your self-worth, around being rejected even because you get rejected all the time in business. So if you don't know those things and you haven't worked through those things, it's really hard to make empowering decisions in business because, you know, there's things coming at you all the time. There's problems, there's, um, you know, ups, downs, curveballs. So, the personal development stuff like Tony Robbins. I did Landmark, which you've done as well. Um, I've worked with tons of different life coaches, spiritual coaches, and I do this work actively every single week. Like I've never stopped doing that work and I fa- I've found it really awesome for my business. And do you think for people who are in the position of um, starting a business and maybe in the position you were at at the beginning, do you think for them the best thing is a school like B-School? I guess it's unique to each person and it depends where you are. If you're thinking of creating a business similar to mine in in regards to, you know, being a life coach or being someone that's helping others to develop and to nourish their mindset, you have to be doing the work yourself. You can't uh, ask other people to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself. You know, you mm. can only where you've gone. So I'm always doing that that work there as a priority and then in terms of business b school's great if you're starting out i would say it's not as great if you already have a lot of experience in marketing for example or for someone like you june like you have an awareness of social media and how to write copy and things like that that's if that stuff is already your jam mm. b school will not be like It'll be yeah, it fun. depends where you are in the in the yeah. sort of scale of business for yourself and what you already know and your background and that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. But what I do really like about Marie Folio and what she teaches in B school is she's giving you strategy, but it's coming from 
this really authentic place. I think that she is a really authentic communicator. She is a spiritual person. She She's a good egg, you know, so she teaches strategy, but with this kind of authentic energy behind it. Whereas I do think that there's a lot of saturation out there when it comes to sales and marketing that is just so not authentic. It's so unsavory. It's so just not appealing to so many people. So in regards to that and how she mentors you to create copy and come from your own gifts and your own authenticity, I think that that's really powerful. Mm. I've heard her talk before on a podcast and I remember her saying something along the lines of, um, and we, we kind of touched on this before, but I forgot to go deeper into it about how, like how you have to deal with your, with the criticism that comes towards you for being a life coach when you're actually really young. And, and I was wondering how you deal with criticism and if you even get, get that, if you hear that criticism. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting that I am in this line of work because, you know, I I don't know if you got any of the people watching it into astrology. I'm really into astrology and my my zodiac is Leo. So Leos hate being criticized, but love being the center yeah, of everyone's attention. <laughs> yeah. so my rising sign is Virgo and Virgo is a massive perfectionist, right? They like love the details and can be quite self-critical. So I've got that going on. Um, There's been lots of different learning experiences for me, certainly along the way of learning how to separate my self-worth from how my brand is doing, Um, almost almost like not in the way that you would think. Like it's almost like it's been like me learning that I'm always worthy even if the brand is doing, you know, really amazing. The brand doing amazing isn't about me. It's about um, the brand and – I'm always inherently worthy. So that's been something that I've learned with time and experience and, you know, different situations that have come. I haven't received a ton of criticism. People tend to just kind of unfollow me um, if they're not resonating with the message. Every now and again, you'll get you'll get someone who kind of slides into the DMs. Um, but also there's like a lot of mystery around my age. Always. No one really knows how old I am. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's always those nasty people who enter the DMs with their feedback and you're just like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> truth, be, truth be told, though, I have I have not have, had anyone that has been incredibly nasty for the sake of being nasty. Sometimes mm. it's more just disagreement or sort of questioning something that I've said um, very even very rarely and I genuinely think it's because you know I put out this certain vibration and this abundant message and people who are there for that love it and then the other people just tend to unfollow me and um, that's okay you know I've like learned how to disconnect myself from that but it still hurts you know if you feel like someone's being critical of you or um sometimes people accidentally reply to your stories and they're trying to talk to their friend and you know it goes to you so things like that it's like oh but I've done so much development and work on myself that it's very quick for me to separate yeah 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 and I imagine like people also kind of think well you teach confidence so like you must be super confident so you like you don't have the same issue as I do or some, something like that those kind of like thoughts yeah. that people could project onto you which might be difficult well not difficult but strange to be yeah. part of because obviously everyone's 
not 100% confident all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I, I have gotten that question before in interviews and from others around how, how, how can you talk about confidence or talk about this when you look the way you do or when you um, have your life together and things like that? And I see it now as like an opportunity to show people, um, you know, to really embody my message, to show them like, yeah, I have like this amazing life and I have certain privileges and things like that. But a lot of that I've built, you know, and most people who know my story know that because they know my background. They know what Mm. I used to be like. Um, So everything in my business is this amazing learning experience and it's very healing as well. I think it's, I think it's good to receive criticism and to have those experiences because it teaches you um, something every single time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I wanted to talk about you. You just mentioned a bit earlier that you have a team all around the world and more than ever, it's so relevant to talk about remote teams. Um, so yeah, can you share how you've built your business and the kinds of people that you're working with all over the place and what they do and how it works? Yeah, for sure. So I am a very intuitive person and I'm always evolving and I'm kind of always 
letting the business be guided by what feels good for me rather than sticking to a plan for the sake of sticking to a plan. So it's different to how other businesses might run, but this is just what works for me for me and makes me happy. So I like to work with freelancers quite a lot. I like to kind of outsource things rather than have employees per se in my team at this stage in my business. So that gives me the flexibility to choose different hours to, you know, obviously work remotely to each other. Uh, The first person that I outsourced to was an assistant and that was really early on in my business. It was a scary thing because at that point my revenue was coming in, but it was like some months it was, you know, some money and some months there was like, hardly anything coming in or nothing coming in. So it was a leap of faith because I was like, okay, first of all, if I pay someone else, am I going to be able to pay myself anything? But I was at that tipping point where if I didn't hire someone and I didn't outsource certain tasks, then I just wasn't going to get ahead. I wasn't going to be able to really leverage my own gifts in the business Mm. and really like- And keep that momentum, keep it firing as you move along. Yeah. 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 So the, the cool thing about- outsourcing to subcontractors or freelancers is like usually they're used to that kind of flexible lifestyle as well so I was able to hire an assistant for two hours a week and then we went up to four hours a week and you know now it's at three days a week but sometimes she jumps on more than that and sometimes less so um, it's really cool to work that way as well because those people who work that way tend to have a similar paradigm about life as well and about flexible working. Uh, It also means that the people that I hire can have a really nice work balance lifestyle as well. So my assistant, she's a single mom and she can do the work around, you know, her child and I'm happy to work flexibly like that. So that's how it works for me. And then I just kind of outsource to different freelancers at different periods, depending what we're focusing on. So sometimes, you know, it's like outsourcing to performance marketing. Other times it is outsourcing to a manager who's looking at brand collaborations and sponsorships for events. So it's uh, changing and ebbing and flowing, but I do have sort of a team of people that I work with at different points at different times in the year. And when you, for just for one example, when you found your assistant, um, how did you go about finding someone like that? And, you know, I know from not only my personal experience, but from what I hear, a lot of the struggles from women that I speak to is finding someone that works because it might take you like eight goes before you find someone you click with. And obviously that takes a lot of time and a lot of back and forth and la la la. And I know you have a different experience. So how did you find your person? Yeah, so I had another assistant before my current assistant and I learned a lot from the first experience. So, um, you know, I learned a lot about that process of hiring, even though I was only hiring a freelancer and not, you know, a full-time member of my team. I learned a lot about, you know, boundaries and about being an explicit communicator and having certain rules and expectations and laying things out really clearly because I was kind of just being my normal friendly self and that doesn't always work in a business. So um, I learned a lot with the first uh, assistant that I had and then, you know, we parted ways and, you know, in a in a, in a a nice way but, you know, I learned a lot from that experience and then I took that into the next experience of finding the next assistant. So the way that I found them both was through an agency uh, that has 
uh, a couple of assistants that all work virtually. And what I really liked about that was that if your assistant is sick or you need to uh, outsource a task that they're not qualified to do for you, for example, like video, video editing, podcast editing, you can then just go to the agency and say, do you have somebody that can do this particular task, you know, on this certain day? So um, I went through an agency through a recommendation of a friend that I trust who was also a previous mentor of mine. So I always love to get a recommendation for stuff like that because I think it just helps you to kind of cut the crap like you were saying before and you can go through someone you trust and I knew if Lauren has recommended this to me then it's going to be legit because Lauren is legit and then (laughs) um, and then you know she's Capricorn she doesn't take shit from anyone so she's like this is a this is a good choice I went there and it has been and it, it means as well I can outsource other things to their other assistants like we use one of their other uh, editors for my videos for my podcast and everyone's just on the same you know on the same team on the same wavelength and I get one invoice from the agency and it's just you know less admin for me so that's how that's how I found my assistant but I think tips for anyone who's looking to do that is like see if you can get a recommendation from a friend or from someone that you trust particularly if you respect and admire the way that they work or uh, you're similar to them and they can give you a similar experience of what it's like in terms of the dynamic with that person and often with virtual assistants they're working for more than one business so when you interview ask them who else they're working for and see if it seems like a similar business to yours and um, interestingly with my current assistant she was working for another business that was very similar to mine when I asked her she didn't tell me the business name and it turns out as one of my really good friends we found this out after we realized we're working with the same assistant <laughs> and um, you know amazing. we were sharing notes yeah um, so that that can be helpful questions to ask. Um, and then also one of the questions that I asked when I was doing interviews for my second assistant were things like, uh, based on my experience from before, it was like, what would you do in if you make a mistake, for example, and just see how she answered that. And then I also asked, you know, what is your vision for your life for the next five years? What do you want for your life? What are your key values? Just to kind of ascertain like, what that person's vision is, how that's going to translate into how they work for me, how fully they show up for me, and also knowing that they're just an aligned character so that they have similar values and uh, ethics to me. So that would be my kind of key takeaways from that. Mm, Great. Need to get me one of those. (laughs) I've actually struggled (laughs) a lot with VAs over my time, but yeah, I need to go to an agency and I've, I've heard other people who have got great success as well. So yeah, very cool. Um, let's move on to talking about goal setting and manifestation, because I know you're a total pro at it and you talk about it often on your channels and with goal setting, you've sent me pictures before that I've just so appreciated seeing of how you kind of laid things out. Um, so yeah, do you want to, especially during this time with COVID-19 going on and everyone being at home, it's the perfect time for goal setting. It's the perfect time for manifestation. So I thought we could talk a little bit about what it actually is and how you've used it for yourself. Um, and then maybe some advice that we can share for things that we could do at home ourselves um, during this time. Yeah. So we're all manifesting whether we are doing that consciously or not, because 
what we're believing, what we feel within, what we think about determines our decisions, which determine actions and reality, right? And then reality reinforces what beliefs we have about the world, about ourselves, about business. So we're all we're always doing that, but you can consciously create that using different principles and laws and working with concepts like abundance. So for me, abundance is the vibration of manifesting. It's recognizing that abundance isn't determined by the amount of money in your bank account at that present moment. It's about what you believe about money, about yourself, about your contribution and sort of operating from that. Within manifestation, we have the law of attraction, which many of you have probably heard about. And the law of attraction fundamentally states that like attracts like. So what you embody, what you believe is what you receive. And it's not about saying, oh, okay, all these negative things are happening to me. It's my fault. I'm going to blame myself because it's going to create a further cycle of lack and deficiency and no abundance. But it's saying, how can I take responsibility for abundance in that moment? So how can I stop just thinking about myself and how can I think about helping others, adding value? In business, this is obviously amazing because you can really clearly tell when someone just wants to sell to you and when someone actually wants to add value to your life, who wants to really help you. And I think those are the people who get ahead and manifest success and abundance long-term because they're, they're not in it for a quick win. They're not in it to inauthentically sell something or cheat you out of something or manipulate you. And so their selling and their results comes across with a different frequency. Um, And this is applicable not only to business, but to your life. You know, it's like, how can we start thinking about co-creating with others, collaborating with others rather than competing with others all the time? Even if, you know, on the superficial level, you you have competitors in business, how can you co-create? How can you all add value together alongside each other? So what blocks us from that or what has blocked me in, you know, the past before I knew about manifesting and all of these laws and abundance was, you know, a lot of conditioning from early on in our lives that creates scarcity. So, for example, many people in school, you know, we're told to comply, we're told to sit in our chair, to not have fun, to not pass notes, you know, we're not here to have fun, we're here to learn. And if you follow the rules, and you learn, then you'll succeed in life. If you go to university, then you'll succeed in life, and you'll win, and you won't lose. Even if you look at the games like musical chairs, when we're younger, they keep taking a seat away. And every at the start, everyone's dancing, but then they start getting really weird and staying really close to the chairs and maybe nudging each other out of the way. So there's so many messages just in really small implicit ways that we receive when we're growing up, which take us out of abundance and make us think that there's not enough, that we're not enough, that we must compete to win, that we must sort of like elevate ourselves above others at all times in order to win and then that creates a lot of lack within which obviously what we believe and think about determines our decisions our actions our reality so if you always believe that you're abundant regardless of whether you're new to an industry or you don't have a ton of money to invest right now in your business if you think in the abundant way you think about okay well what do I have to share what do I have to abundantly offer and if, for example, if we look at my business, one of the reasons you might get into a business like mine is because one of your core values is helping others. So I remember very early on in my business, I was feeling a bit flat because I was like, I don't have any clients and, 
that means that I'm not good enough and, you know, what's going to happen. But remembering the abundance code and this abundance law, I started to think, well, I got into this to help people. So I'm sure I can help one person a day in some way. So I would show up differently on social media instead of hiding. I'd reply to DMs. I would think about, I would give people free stuff. I would think about how can I contribute with what I have right now. And that allowed me to then start to manifest helping people in a paid and tangible abundant way over time because I kept thinking about how can I contribute rather than what do I get. Um, so there's there's so much we could discuss about manifestation. Like I talk about it all the time and it's a huge part of what I do and what I teach people. But um, start by asking, you know, what are my beliefs about how abundant I am, how enough I am, and how can I start to change that? How can I start to contribute to others? How can I start to leverage what I have already? Um, and that creates more. The more we give, the more we receive. Mm. Yeah, amazing. And so for all the people who might be like struggling a little bit at the moment because of the loss of income, because everything's on hold, or maybe being made redundant, what's a specific exercise that we could do at home today or tomorrow? Yeah. So, um, you know, you can do meditations around abundance. If you, if you went on YouTube and looked up abundance meditation, there'd be loads of them. Um, you can also practice gratitude. So right now, if you've had a lot of external things taken away, how can you re program or refocus on what is abundant so what is great you know I've seen a lot of people complaining about being stuck at home and stuck in isolation and I get that but like could you be grateful for the fact you have a home to isolate in could you be grateful that like the biggest problem for you right now is boredom or could you be grateful that yes your business might have suffered extensive losses but could you be grateful for all the experiences that have given you bravery to focus on this moment and um you know that can be done as simply as writing down three things you're grateful for every day it sounds very very basic but it literally rewires your brain if you look it up you'll see this they use it in the treatment of trauma and PTSD it helps us to reduce feelings of envy negativity and it helps us to focus on being in appreciation which then you know helps us to be in abundance so you're going to achieve a lot more if you want to achieve and get through this time right now if you're feeling appreciative if you're feeling abundant then if you're feeling lost and stuck and stuck in scarcity and defeated and like a victim and you're only the victim if you decide that you're the victim you can be the creator if you want even in a challenging time it's a great time to be a creator I would say tell us about your academy that you've made make your magic academy that's coming up um yeah what's it all about what is it why are you doing it Yeah, uh, the Academy is my, I say an eight-week program, but it's really a program for life. You know, there's eight modules and there's video masterclasses, meditations to help you to rewire your mindset, your beliefs, your energy, your body, your spirit. And we go through an eight-step process over those weeks that is designed to help you to awaken more confidence by healing the things that are in the way of that. So healing any beliefs that align with something like I'm not good enough or 
I can't do that. Healing procrastination. Procrastination is not a natural state of being. We all do it, but it comes from limiting beliefs. It comes from fear. It comes from fear of success or fear of failure or fear of judgment. So we go deep into the kind of mainframe of the subconscious mind and figure out what it is that's limiting you or keeping you stuck or keeping you lost or feeling lonely or, um, you know, fearing change, whatever it is that you're struggling with, overthinking. And we start to move through those things through tools that really work to help you to shift your emotions, to take mastery over that. And then we start to release, we start to release the shadow sides of ourselves and then we start to move into action and manifesting and abundance because a lot of people just want to skip to that end part they want to just go oh I want to learn about the law of attraction or I want to learn how to create my dream life but it's like watering the leaves of the tree and not the roots it's not going to do anything you're going to maybe get a few quick wins and go yay but as soon as something goes wrong or you're stuck in a same pattern you're going to wonder why and you'll probably blame yourself for it. But really it's just because whenever we come up against a pattern or we feel stuck or the same thing keeps showing up in our life, it's just because there's a deep rooted cause, you know, there's a deep rooted belief or deep rooted trauma or imprinting in the mind, the subconscious that hasn't been recognized or healed or dealt with. So that's what we do in this course. And um, we're starting a live round of the course. As I mentioned earlier, we do two live rounds a year, um, which is a really good time to join because you're not just doing the program on your own. You're getting eight deep dive mentorship calls with me and women all around the world uh, where you can ask specific questions and get you know, coaching, mentoring, attention from me to really work through that stuff. And we do additional uh, work and there's additional content on those calls that isn't in the course. So it's an amazing program. I think 82 women did it last year and almost all of them have done something really radical with their life. Tons of them are coaches now, yoga teachers, living in different countries with new partners, leaving marriages. Like it's quite radical, the changes that occur when you do that work. But it's a really amazing program and I love love hosting it. And when does it start? It's starting on the next live round, April 27th, so a couple of weeks away. So, yeah, really excited because we haven't done a live round for probably like more than six months now. What if there's people out there listening that think, oh, that really sounds amazing, but I'm essentially not confident to go in a group and have to talk with multiple people and to share and do things where other people can see that I'm doing this course? Yeah, such a prevalent concern that comes up and I think – you know, that's that's the limited mindset speaking. That's your inner critic speaking. Your inner critic is like, oh, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. I don't want to open that box because what if I open that box and I can't handle what's in the box? You know, that's a really big thing. People don't want to open Pandora's box, especially in front of other people. But ultimately, and the reason I continue doing these live rounds versus just leaving the program as a self-led program, because that would be a lot less work for me. The reason I I do it, first of all, I love doing it. But secondly, the feedback from every single member who's done it, even that all of them are, you know, scared when they start, is that that's their favorite part, connecting with the community. And that is a very healing aspect of this program because 
it's all well and good for someone to talk to me about it and they know I'm compassionate, they know I understand, they know that I'm not going to judge them. But to share that in a group and then to have all of these women who are different but also alike support them and say, I see you, I get that, I'm going through that too, oh, my God, I've never told anyone that, or hearing other people share things that they thought they were the only person experiencing is incredibly healing and we used to do this in society in cultures you know before patriarchal times women were a force to be reckoned with we'd come together in circle we would support each other villages of women would come together you know just to support each other in raising families and to pitch in together and to hold each other rather than compete with each other but that sort of competitive uh, comparing aspect that many of us have been conditioned to sort of operate inside of that's not our true nature so this program coming together and doing this it can feel intimidating but it is so healing for your confidence and it is very healing just for the feminine collective anyways the more of these groups that occur whether it's mine or you join someone else's circle or program you know it's very impactful uh, and very healing for the soul yeah it sounds amazing I'm excited for you how fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not always fun in there. It's um, it's hard work, you know. It's, yeah. it's tra- Healing is hard and messy, but it is amazing by the end to see the incredible changes that everyone makes. Magic. It's a great name. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, so normally with Female Startup Club, I do a quick fire six questions, and it's the same six questions that I ask to every woman that I speak to. Uh, so let's get started. Question number one is what's your why? To empower, ignite, guide, and open people up to their true selves. Number two, what's the one thing or one moment that made your business really pop? The decision that I made to always be unapologetically myself and to make decisions that allowed me to be that person rather than decisions that felt strategic, so being authentic. Where do you hang out to get smarter? Could be books, podcasts, internet, people, anything. I love doing breathwork and I see my own breathwork mentor because it allows me to access different layers of my intuition and my spirituality myself. And I always get the best ideas after I've done that. So that is what I do, which is really weird and unusual, but that's what works. (laughs) You know, actually a lot of women that I've spoken to end up bringing up breathing and their breathing techniques. Um, What's the technique that you use? Currently, I work with a technique called rebirthing, and uh, it's really potent for me, very powerful. It's it's not only a physical experience, which other breathwork is, uh, but you get into emotion, releasing trauma, but also the divine. So, you know, I get messages and see angels and all sorts of things. So it's it's very profound um, and helps me to be more creative and more connected in the business for sure. I've been doing a bit of um, Wim Hof breathing techniques recently, which has been interesting because it's so different. It makes me feel really, it's really intense, obviously. Um, But yeah, I I also really enjoy all these, these new breathing things I'm coming to learn about. I'm definitely going to Google that rebirthing. Um, 
how do you win the day? What's in your like AM and PM rituals that you kind of live and swear by? I am always changing, evolving, depending on first of all, where I am in my menstrual cycle in the month, because that massively determines so many things. And I, and I use that, you know, in my favor as well. Uh, but also cycles of my life and cycles of where I am in my chapters as a woman. So like, I'm about to go through my Saturn return, uh, which means I'm going to get my main karmic lessons for this lifetime this year. So right now, what I'm doing is really just taking time to slow down more and not push so hard, uh, being more patient with things that I want to create, leaning into doing the work behind the scenes rather than focusing so much on like the external stuff and focusing on, um, you know, creating more content, being more visible on Instagram. I'm more actually going inward and doing further certifications, reading more and just taking time for myself to meditate and to heal and to do all of my sort of self-care. So it's a mix of self-care, but that's kind of like the flavor at the moment to win the day. If you had only $1,000 left in your business bank account, how would you spend it? (laughs) That actually does happen, you know, every now and then. Um, I... I would probably, I'd probably spend some of it on like crystals and incense. Like, let's be honest, I would. Uh, but I, in terms of business, I would be looking at how I was going to invest that to generate, you know, abundance in return. So probably investing in help, in a mentor, in paying my assistant, maybe doing some ads for something I'm creating or doing a new course. Amazing. And number six, last and final, how do you deal with failure? And that can either be like a specific example or just a general approach when you're thinking about things going wrong, crisis management. Yeah. Um, a really favorite quote of mine, I'm not sure who originally shared it, but is no equals next opportunity. So every time there's a failure, or a perceived failure, I usually think about, okay, well, what's the opportunity here? So for example, like we can look at what's happening right now. So my whole year and everything I've been devoted to was around in-person experiences this year, because last year I really kind of took more of an online backseat with everything and I wasn't as available. So this year I was like, okay, 2020 is the year that I'm going to do this massive event and there's going to be 700 people there and I'm going to do these two or three retreats and, you know, I've been working on all of this content and paying people to help me to create these events. And obviously everything is now cancelled. But when it happened, I was a little bit disappointed and I, you know, had a little cry because I was sad about my event not happening. But then I immediately was like, what is the opportunity here? And so my kind of approach to anything that is deemed a failure is like, this is a redirection. What am I being redirected to receive, to notice, to learn? And 
the universe just had a different plan for me. It wants me to focus on these other programs that I was creating, but I kind of like put on the back burner. And so now I'm like, you know what, I've got amazing time to do that. I've got so much more time to focus on this other certification I'm doing. I'm creating a lot of other stuff. And so I just see any failure as divine timing and you've got something else to learn or something else that is going to work out better. And um, I find it is a much more empowering way to approach those kind of situations. But also allow yourself to be disappointed when you are, you know, don't bypass it, but also don't get lost in it. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. Um, and last of all, I put a call out on my Instagram for some questions that people wanted to ask you, a confidence call, co- a confidence coach. Um, so I'm just going to find them here. The first one is how do we readjust our thinking and our mindset to pursue the same goals within our careers with this current setback, um, with Corona and how do we stay motivated with everything that's going on in the world? And the example that this person gave was, for example, if you've been expecting a big pay rise and that's obviously been taken away or you had kind of liked what you were just explaining, you had some really big um, career goals like an event or something and it's all been cancelled, just how to keep on top of that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's really natural to feel disappointed. And right now is this incredible time of healing if we stop to really recognize it. Within all of this madness, what a lot of people maybe haven't noticed is that we've been given this pause, we've been given this space, this isolation or this moment to notice, you know, what are the things that I was attaching my self-worth to that are crumbling away? Because our self-worth should be inherent but for many people who are high achievers and I would put myself in that category as well you can really easily get your self-worth enmeshed with what boxes you're ticking so if anything even though it's disappointing it can be an amazing call to remember that you're inherently worthy regardless of money regardless of external stuff and part of that abundance code or that abundance mindset that I mentioned before is remembering this and taking it from being, you know, if I get more, then I'll be more, or if I get more, then I'll be a better person, or then I'll be kind, or then I'll be satisfied and start to think about, you know, how can I be satisfied in this moment? How can I be appreciative in this moment? How can I value myself regardless of the money in my bank account? How can I value myself as a human being and celebrate the things that you are that can never be taken from you? Like the fact that you're kind, the fact that you're, you know, intelligent, the fact that you're um, a beautiful person on the inside. And it might not take away the disappointment, but it just helps you to reframe. Um, And also it can be helpful to remember that this is all temporary, the same way that you know, all things in life are temporary. Everything's always changing. And this is just a redirection right now. And there are many beautiful lessons that we're all going to take from this and you will rebuild. You will get there. Amazing. Love it. Um, second question was, how do you become okay with the parts that you don't like about yourself? And I think that's such a good question. When I received it, I was like, <laughs> yeah, really good one. Yeah, I want the sure. answer. It- <laughs> It's so funny because so often the things that we don't like about ourselves, first of all, we magnify them so much more in our own heads. And sometimes the things that we hate about ourselves or really dislike are the things that other people really like. 
I've had so many random conversations with friends before and I've shared an insecurity of mine and they're like, that's what I love about you. Like, so recognize that your perception is not the truth. It is your sort of perceived truth, but it's probably propped up by a ton of bias and limiting beliefs. To reframe this, the the Make Your Magic Academy is really good for this. It really does help to change your self-perception because you're getting to the deep roots of your beliefs, specifically about yourself and your worth and your value and awakening to what that value is. We spend a lot of time in the uh, second and the third modules looking at a strengths-based approach, which is writing down things that you're amazing at, writing down things you like about yourself, looking at it all the time instead of having repetitive negative thoughts all the time. But ultimately what you have to do is you have to identify what are those those main critical thoughts that your inner critic likes to talk about the most. How can you start to rewire that? How can you start to reframe that? How can you challenge those thoughts? And ultimately, as soon as you start to shift the beliefs, everything else actually changes on the external because everything starts from the belief systems that we embody. So working with a coach is a great way to to reframe that. But if you're not going to work with someone, then using affirmations, getting clear on what you like about yourself, leveraging what you like about yourself instead of trying to fix the things that you deem as less worthy and um, making it a consistent practice. You know, these things don't just come about from nowhere. You have to ritualize it. You have to practice it and you have to embed a new story. Yeah, amazing. And the third question was how to say no if you're a yes person. So the way I frame this is think of your yes and your no as an investment, like money. A lot of people are more careful with their money, often from limiting beliefs, mind you, but a lot of people see money as this energy exchange, right? Because they have significance and value and beliefs around what that piece of paper or that digital number means. Whereas we just kind of say yes or no, uh, particularly if you're someone who identifies as like a good girl or a helpful person, you know, if that's part of your personality, all of that comes from conditioning. So we kind of flippantly give our yes or flippantly give our no. So think of the yes and no as an investment like money. When you say yes, ask yourself or pause before you say yes and say, you know, is that something that I want to invest in right now? Because your time is a more valuable currency than your money. Your money you can probably make more of, but your time you will never get back. So think about, you know, is that an investment that I want to make? Does that come from an empowered part of me or does that come from a part of me that is worried about their reaction if I say no? And, um, you know, doing personal development, working on your self-worth, maybe doing a program like mine helps you to do that and be more confident because it's really hard to set boundaries or say no when you have a ton of beliefs around what that means, what that means about you, what people think, how people will judge you. But the first step, think of it as a currency and make sure that when you're saying yes, it's to things that you want to invest in. Amazing. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this chat. Um, Just if you want to share where people can find you, where you are on the internet, where you're hanging out, (laughs) where they can sign up to your courses. (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. I'll send you all the links and um, the main places you can find me Instagram. So my Instagram is this is Amy Rushworth and my website is amyrushworth.com. You can find my programs there, my retreats. You can apply for one-to-one coaching and all the kind of juicy magic is there on the website. Amazing. I will link everything in the thing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 